Type Network presents The views and opinions expressed in the Pisada Tales are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of the people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with professionally or personally unless explicitly stated. Any content provided by the host and guests are of their own knowledge and opinion and do not intend to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. This episode of the Pesara Tales is brought to you by the 2021 National Science and Technology Week. For more details, please visit www.nstw.dost.gov.ph or visit the Facebook page, facebook.com slash nstwdost. Through education, you can also better yourselves in other ways. You learn how to learn, how to think critically and find solutions to unexpected challenges. Education also teaches you the value of discipline. You can learn how to be a better human being. Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pesara Tales. I'm J.M. Australia, or Sir J, as my students call me. And I'm Bipo Blete, or Miss Pobs, as my students call me. Along with my high school buddy Jay, we usually share our thoughts as millennial teachers here. But for this week and the next, we're kind of going to be the students. Yes, uh, because this uh, this month of November, we'll be holding special episodes in anticipation of this year's National Science and Technology Week, or NSTW 2021. Yes, so... Uh, if you've heard our episode last week, this one is another one that will feature uh, some of the uh, the things that you can look forward to to this uh, National Science and Technology Week. If you missed last week's episode, you can catch it again on Anchor, Spotify, Google, or Apple. Right. And uh, as always, the Pisara Tales is part of the Filipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network, or Pipe Network for short. You can check out all the other amazing podcasts and content from the network. Just click the link in the description of this episode. We also have a Facebook group that you can check out, the Teacher's Lounge by the Pisara Tales. Right. So uh, for this week, we'll be uh, talking to a very special guest. He graduated uh, BS Chemistry in Ateneo and got his MA and PhD in Chemistry in Princeton University. He worked as a postdoctoral research associate at Oxford University. He's currently a professor at the Department of Chemistry in the Ateneo de Manila University. He is the president of the Integrated Chemists of the Philippines. He is a national academician from uh, as part of the National Academy of Science and Technology here in the Philippines. And his research interests, including the one that we'll be discussing for this episode, include natural products, NMR spectroscopy, and environmental chemistry. So let us all welcome Dr. Fabian Toby Dairet. Woo! Good afternoon, hi, uh, Dr. Toby. Uh, hi, Jay, and hi, Bea. Um, yeah. Glad to be here with you. <laughs> Kamusta naman po? Um, buti naman. Yeah, buti naman. things are going well, despite Amazing. the uh, pandemic. Yeah, like what we call in the show, uh, pandemic good. <laughs> Yung sakto lang na okay na. Uh, doc, before we get get into your research, no, your current research, uh, we just like to uh, pick your brain a little bit as to your your roots 
as uh, as part of the academe. So we'll go back, I guess, to your student life. No, uh, what kind of a student were you uh, growing up? Were you the the very studious one? Were you medyo bulakbol, medyo may gumala, lakwacha ganyan? Or uh, if like if we were classmates back in school, what would you be? Um, well, of course. Uh, well, I was in school nineteen uh, late seventies. I, I I graduated high school seventy um, one. So, medyo yep. <laughs> um, Of course, that was a special time because eh, that was around the time of martial law. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, well, I tried to balance them, and even when I was um, a student, um, ang emphasis nun, ano, of course, academics and athletics. So, extracurricular activities. Of course, ano, uso nun siyempre mga party so Sabado, parang isang gabi, tatlo yung party po kundan mo. But, um, well, in, in general, I try to um, to enjoy myself but um, focus pa rin sa, ano, sa pag-aaral. Yeah. Um, but don't forget your, ano, your athletics kasi you have to stay healthy. And right, right. Lalo na ngayon. Oh, actually, nakikita ngayon. Um, uh, Maraming estudyante, medyo, dahil masyado maraming computer, ano, imbalance na eh. Kulang ang ano, buhay ng ano. Apo. Yung, kahit yung tatakbo. Ah, actually, hindi naman kailangan athletics na nasa ano, varsity team. Right. I think it's really just running around. Yeah, yung may uh, paglalabas it, ng physical energy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very important. Kind of athletics were you into when you were a student? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it's a track team. So... And this is a uh, carryover from my grade school kasi uso na ng ano eh, ang Aguan base. So, tatakbo buong campus, maghahabol lang kayo. So, pag-abot ng high school, nag-track team ako. Um, right. I was doing middle and long distance. So, yun. Ang, it's actually good, ano eh, mental training, tsaka ano. Yeah. Um, Di lang siya basta takbo talaga, no? It's, it's really all, it's mostly in the mind as well, na Ah, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of it's in the mind. Lalo na sa ano, long distance. Yeah. Ang kalaban mo, sarili mo eh. Right, right. Yung ano. Uh, <laughs> it's good training. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, growing up, no, uh, since you did say that you have a very, you know, a decent balance of uh, working hard and playing hard, I guess. Uh, how did you view teachers and professors back then? Did you have like much reverence or parang you just view them as like, yeah, okay, so they're, you know, uh, figures of authority. So, and if you have any teachers that you loved or inspired you? Well, of course, yung ano mo sa teachers depending on how they they are. Makikita mo kung, you know, if you really learn something from teachers, if they, you know, take the effort. Uh, those, those ones you respect. Pero, of course, not not everyone's that, ano, iba parang gusto mong ano rin. Pero, hindi naman ganun kasama. Uh, but um, yeah, I did respect. In fact, the reason I took up chemistry was I really enjoyed my chemistry in high school. So, mahalaga talaga ang ano, ang, especially most people don't take up difficult subjects in college. Yeah. Siyempre, they'll take the, well, very few people took up chemistry then. So, in fact, nung entering batch namin, parang apat lang kami, lima. Nag-drop out. This was 19... 1971. Right, right. So there weren't very many chemistry majors. So it's malaking influence ng ano, ng high school chemistry teacher that you know encouraged me. Even though it's a difficult subject, so I knew even, even entering chemistry, I knew it would be difficult. 
but because it was interesting and I thought useful, then that's why I pursued it. Right, right. And uh, in particular, how did that shift from being a chemist? Because you you have an extensive uh, CV in terms of chemistry, no? but you're also a professor and you're also an academician. So how did that leap from purely being a scientist to getting into the academe? Uh, you know, what was that transition like? Or is it like, uh, parang, is it really just interwoven? Well, it's really interwoven because, um, especially in the Philippines, um, chemistry has a big impact on, ano eh, on you know, the national economy and even even people's lives. You know, people always talk about pollution, and when you talk about pollution and environment, center stage in chemistry. Um, you know, today we're talking about plastic waste. I mean, that's a lot of that is chemistry. So um, the subjects, uh, I mean, the things that I studied in on chemistry really has um, practical social implications. Eh? And um, and people will ask you about it. So, oh, chemist, ka pala, ano bang tingin mo dito sa gamot na ito? Kahit na hindi yeah. ka, no? ka doktor. But um, so people realize that it is an important field. And um to make an impact on society, you have to, I guess, understand what you know, what the, what you can do for chemistry with with uh, for society with your chemist with the chemistry that you know. So then, pumapasok yung work no, on being an, on being part of the academy so that you can impart what you've learned in uh in chemistry. Is that uh, is that? Yeah. Well, in fact, ano um, you really notice a difference um because I. Of course, I also studied in the states and you know, in, in in Britain. Um, don't the the scientists there really tend to stick really to their laboratory work? Because sa kanila yun ang kanilang ano yun ang kanilang trabaho talaga. Trabaho talaga, and they, they just really focus on it, and they hesitate to talk about you know go go beyond you know what the research that they do. Um, I guess it's also like you can do it there because there are many scientists there and so there are some scientists who are more you know socially connected and mm-hmm. they would be the ones who would be more vocal so um, sa Pilipinas konti lang yung ganun eh. so um <laughs> then uh yeah there's there's more of a you know of a um um need for for scientists to to communicate more with the public right definitely so most of the master's students and PhD students here in the Philippines, they're required to also be professors or instructors. What do you think about that? Uh, well, uh, I don't think that's really necessary. Um, uh, well, for the for a certain generation, uh, I guess my generation, the of, of people who took up their PhDs in the 70s and 80s, malakayang emphasis on ano, academic research, but. Recently, um, and maybe here you start year 2000 up to the present, there's also more of an uh, emphasis on innovation, you know, doing more research uh, that's more directly you know, um, relevant to society. Of course, the, you know, the, um, the balance there is you want to balance the precision of, of research with innovation. And of course, because you have limited time and funding, then you tend to focus on one area more than the other. Uh, but th- there are talented people who can do both um, deep research 
deep academic research as well as innovation. Yeah, parang mm-hmm. ano ni Kasi we've, throughout our college lives, I guess, uh, we've experienced uh, professors who are very, we know are very knowledgeable. We know that they've done lots of great work sci- uh, in science as well. Pero minsan hindi nagta-translate into, in, into the classroom. So there's usually a disconnect sometimes nga. No? And I think you're, you, you made a point na dito sa Pilipinas, kailangan mas marami talaga ng scientists na mag-communicate more. So... Kaya siguro natin nakikita na a lot of our scientists end up becoming professors or becoming instructors as well. No. So, how well, would... Uh, yeah. yeah, well, of course, part of that is also expectation. Um, the general public also, they don't also understand how much research you have to do to have a breakthrough. Eh. Right. Parang, yung ba, isip na tatlong buwan lang, meron ka ng invention. Which is yeah, yeah, actually <laughs> Yeah. So, it, it's it's a balance. It, it's both the demands of, you know, of research itself and also expectations of society. Yeah. That, I mean, the things that really make it successful, the market, you know, the amount of work that needs to go into it is years with many people. So, um Yeah. yeah, parang they don't realize that it's not as instant as people yeah. would think it would be. Yeah. Uh, for I guess people who have been your students, lalo sa atin eh, would know this. Pero I guess for the general public, uh, how does Doc Toby teach? What is how 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 would you describe your teaching style? <laughs> how do I describe my teaching style? Well, I, I love to say I'm more traditional, although okay. I. I try to tell stories um, because, in fact, it just came out in an article that if you're going to teach a difficult subject like chemistry, you can't do straight chemistry. You have to tell yeah. stories about it. So, for example, well, uh, in the past, I used to talk, I teach ano, um, yung Natsai. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, many Natsai students take it because they have to. No? I mean, it's yeah. not like they love GE. Lang <laughs> yeah, GE. But you want to make it interesting for them. So a lot of it, you really have to tell stories. So if you talk about the periodic table, and this is what turns off 99% of high school students, <laughs> is periodic table is so attractive for high school teachers to tell their students to memorize. Yeah. Parang, ano yung element number ng gallium? Or, right, you know, right. Something like that. And so that that's another thing. Um, a lot of high school students tend to... Ano, to force on their students to do. But instead of doing that, each of these elements actually has a story behind it. You know, how, how um, they got discovered, uh, what was the breakthrough that, you know, uh, led to their discovery. Um, even the names. Why is the name, why is the name hydrogen? Where did it come from? Or gallium or lead or no. And um, so that makes it more interesting. And I guess students will remember it better that Uh, ano, ito pala yung ibig sabihin ng ano, <laughs> bakit ang mercury, mercury, pero ang kanyang element ay HG. HG, right, right. Oh, so, ayun, so, you talk about uh, Latin name ng, ano, ng mercury, and, or even lead, you know, AG, bakit, ganun. So, <laughs> I guess the more stories you tell, then maybe they'll remember it better. Right, um, right. So, I think that's one way of making it more palatable. I think that what you've been working, the way that you teach, it's something closer to science communication. So it's sort of making it something that anyone can enjoy and understand. So that's um, related to that. We wanted to know what, 
what kind of work do you do with the National Academy of Science and Technology? So that's also science communication, but with government and society. Yeah. Yeah, well, the National Academy, NASD, was um, established um, by presidential decree during the time of Marcos, uh, 1977-1978. It was patterned after the tradition of national academies. Most countries will have uh, an academy uh, where the members are elected by peers and um, is this similar to like yung Royal Society sa Britain? Parang ganun ba siya? Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it's yeah. It's similar in that sense. Um, the, the U.S. has its own National Academy of Science. Right. Um, but they have a separate National Academy for ano, for engineering. Uh, so then it's uh, rolled up in one. Yeah. It's science and um, engineering, science and technology. Um, so the individuals who are elected to the academy and you have to be elected you, you can't you know, apply you can uh, <laughs> yeah so so there are people who um, I guess the first step is that they, they look at your production your publication record your um, the science that you've done and then they look at you know the leadership that you have so it's uh, in many cases it's not just the volume of work but also the significance of the work Right. And whether you'll be, uh, ano, you have the potential to be a, a, a science leader. Um, because although the, the first ano, uh, objective of, the, of NAS is to recognize you know, outstanding scientists, um, next to that, which is not really mentioned, is that you have to do work. You have to promote <laughs> science. So uh, all NAS members, uh, after they're admitted, really, um, it's almost expected of them that they'll get involved in promotion of science and technology. Right. Um, so this includes you know, webinars, uh, communicating, um, actually doing research on policy. It's very important Yeah. Um, because um, it's one thing to just have the science, but you have the you need science policy and this is really to guide the government. So one of the objectives of NAST is to provide uh, advice to the president and the um, cabinet and the uh, legislature on science matters. Yeah. So uh, you have to be both have to be a, both a good scientist and also be, be able to give advice on how to use that science for for national uh, uh, development. Right. Yung that's actually one I'm pretty interested in with regards to to NAST, no? because uh, let's face it, uh, our country isn't really very inclined towards science to put it simply na parang whenever kasi from more experiences uh whenever we would bring up science parang isipin nila ay pang matalino lang yan or ay pang ano lang yan pang pang nerd lang yan or whatever and uh it also kind of translates to pu- uh, public policy wherein some of the things that we see implemented by our governments don't really seem to be based on scientific truths or facts or data for that matter. Na parang, mm. So I guess I would just like to pick your brain a bit on, I guess, general thoughts on that. Na parang, we know, parang medyo, ano eh, uh, would you agree na medyo anti-science ang society natin, in, at least in recent times? or Well, well, mm, well I wouldn't call it man anti. I think it's right. just lack of appreciation. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, lack of appreciation. In fact, you know, many Filipinos take advantage, use a lot of science. I mean, they, they use the technology. 
but they right. just don't realize how much science goes into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talk about cell phones, the internet, um, yeah, uh, predicting typhoons. That that takes a lot of science to do it. So they take it for granted. Um, but I think it's lack of appreciation how much um, work people have to do to get to that stage. Um, <clears throat> so that it's it's really lack of appreciation for what science is. And also the lack of appreciation for the work that needs to be done to do it. And kasama rin dun yung ano, um, how much support you need to get to there. So, I mean, you can compare the Philippines. I mean, we, we shouldn't compare ourselves to Western countries. We just compare ourselves to our neighborhood. Um, you know, Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia. Um, they spend much more on science uh, in terms of, you know, budget and things. Right. Um, and we don't. So part of that is already the, you know, the lack of our political leadership to appreciate what yeah. um, science is. Um, but it, it's really a long-term attitude then because you don't want it to be, you know, just be supported well in one administration and then the following one. Well, no, right. yeah, it, it's really a continuing effort, especially now you talk about climate change. I mean, that's a 20, 30, 40 year endeavor, no? Kailangan yeah. consistent yung political will. Kailangan consistent. And then when you build up, it's like building a building. You don't stop when you're at the third floor and when you have to <laughs> go, up, go up to the, the 50th floor. So right. you, you continue to build on it. You don't stop in the middle. So for you as a national academician, what does it mean to be a national? Well, um, first of all, you have to be more aware that, that you have to translate the science to policy or to, you know, to communicate um, with, with the public. Um, NAST also has special programs for the youth. So yung, um, a museum, the, the Philippine National Heritage you know, Center, was really built to highlight the uh, Philippine scientists I mean, there, there are science museums around. No? I mean, you, you know, the my museum is a very good museum. Um, the Philippine Science Heritage Center really focuses on Filipino scientists. Um, you can learn contributions, and it's really focused on, ano, on trying to to um, encourage or ano, um, inspire the young people to consider science as uh, something to study and maybe as a career as well. Um, So those are the expectations uh, for a NAST um, academician. Right, right. Uh, we'll just take a quick break. No? We'll talk more with Dr. Toby about uh, his work particularly, and we'll also take a look at uh, you know, the Philippine Journal of Science uh, right after this break. This is the Pizarro Tales. Isang magham na araw sa ating lahat. This is Miss Pops from the Pizarra Tales, and we're inviting you to join us in the biggest science and technology event of the year, the 2021 National Science and Technology Week, or NSTW, which will run from November 22 to 28. In spite of the pandemic, this year's NSTW continues to shine a light and promote the various innovations, technologies, and programs about science and technology in the Philippines. With this year's theme of Agham at Teknolohiya, Tugon sa Hamon ng Panahon, NSTW will be filled with webinars, career talks, film showings, and other amazing exhibits and presentations brought to us by the different agencies of the Department of Science and Technology. 
more details, please visit www.nstw.dost.gov.ph and don't forget to follow and share the posts from the official Facebook page of the National Science and Technology Week. You can also use the hashtags hashtag 2021NSTW, hashtag DOSC Tugun Sahamon, and hashtag Science for the People. Kita kits po mga kaagham! Did you know that podcasts are the new radio? You can listen to your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, on demand. Visit the Pilipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network at pipenetwork.co to see our list of shows. And like us on Facebook to get updates on our latest episodes, events, promos, and freebies. The Pipe Network, taking podcasting to the next level. Right, welcome back here to Bizarre Tales, where we are still with uh, Dr. Toby Dairit of, uh, well, of many things, <laughs> right? But particularly, he, uh, we're, we're featuring him in this episode uh, because of his paper, his uh, paper that collaborated with, uh, I see that a lot of uh, chemists and uh, scientists, no? uh, particularly, this refers to Philippine uh, medicinal plants no? and their potential immunomodulatory and anti-SARS-CoV-2 activity. So very relevant to sa time natin ngayon. No? Before we delve into the paper, uh, can you describe the importance of NATPROD or natural products research? No? Kasi uh, I guess in chemistry, no? not, just, I, not just in college, pero siguro pag high school pa lang, pag nag-iisip ng research paper or ng research uh, thesis or ng research project ang sadyante, ang laging uh, iniisip is... Uh, Ano ba, ano ba, antimicrobial properties ng guava in something. Or like anti, uh, antibacterial chuchu ng ano. Parang ganun. Or like lahat ng plants. So. Lahat ng plants na lang gagawa ng research. No? Uh, and, but you guys, you do this actually as your life's work. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, NatProd. Yeah, well, um, natural products has um, several branches. No? I, I do chemistry. There are others who do the aspect in botany na meron some other put do the genetics, the, um, and of course, the uh, ethnomedicine. Um, ethnomedicine is the yung traditional use of uh, plants as um, drugs, and of course, medical uh, applications. Now, the work on natural products chemistry, I'll, I'll focus on the right. chemistry itself. It's really to try to understand you know, exactly what's in the um, compounds and in the plants that um, make it uh, useful. And um, this is a, a challenge because a plant, if you extract it, um, easily has 150, 200 compounds. So which of those 150 or 200 compounds are is um, active? And sometimes it's not just one compound that's active. There could be several. Now the, the natural the plants that have become famous are those which had very strong activity. And these were the first ones that were uh, discovered. Quinine from the cinchona bark right. or um, yung sa ano, um, um, mga <laughs> acid acid Yeah, from the willow tree. Um, these were traditionally used as uh, uh, um, uh, painkillers. Right. Um, so, and and from these plants, you should had um, a large concentration of these compounds, and many of them were what we call alkaloids. So they could be easily purified. 
Um, so essentially, the, the easy compound, the easy plants have been discovered. Right. So what's left for us are the difficult plants. <laughs> Now, and the ones that are more. Maglip-lip um, mga talagang pinupuntaan pa sa gubat para lang malam or alam lang ng ninuno or ng mga... Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're less well-known. Um, but also, their, their composition is more complicated. And in many cases, hindi, it's a, hindi lang isang compound ng active. Halimbawa, ang banaba um, has uh, at least two uh, compounds that are known to be active and they're, they're found in different... Ano ba? Uh, chemical fractions of the of the plant. Now to move forward on that, you have to go make it more systematic and more scientific. So you have to identify what those compounds are, quantify them, and then find out how they work, so that they can they can actually be um, recommended or ano, or um, in the highest um, ano, they become a plant drug like uh, lagundi. So lagundi is Uh, actually, I was involved with the initial study of Lagundi with Near Prom. This was in way back 1987, 86. Right. Um, I worked on that until 1992 and identified some of the compounds that um, uh, have activity against um, the relaxation of, uh, of um, cells, and which was consistent with its um, activity as a you know, antipyretic. And but since then. Other activities have been found. So many medicinal plants actually have more than one activity, eh. hindi lang isa. Mm-hmm. So kung tignan mo yung mga ano, mga the things that that uh, medicinal plants are used for, there's a list of them. A wide um, range. That's a wide range. Now some of them are more maybe more reliable than others, but still uh, there's quite a wide range. Ngayon, um, that goes against the grain of western medicine kasi ang western medicine gusto nila isang gamot isang ano isang sakit mm-hmm. eh ito meron isang halaman pwede magamitin sa ilang sa maraming bagay ano, maraming sakit so parang nahirapan ma-appreciate yun. but then still for each indication that you put in kailangan meron kang ano meron kang katibayan na ito magaling ito antibacterial kasi ito ito yung mga compounds na active dyan ito mabuti sa antiviral ganun. so you still have to um, identify how these uh, what what compounds are in there that give that give rise to the activity uh, and then later um, you want to be able to say na you know take um, one tablespoon of this ganun parang meron ka ng dosage right so for this kind of sickness take this three times a day parang ganun Parang yung gamot din, kung may tabletas, how many milligrams, mm-hmm. so many times a day, it's, it's almost the same thing. That is if it's a drug. But ang, ang medicinal plants actually has a range from, many medicinal plants are actually food plants, eh? they're spices. So, you just you can incorporate take them, them talaga with cuisine. With a diet. With with a a diet. Food, yeah. Which is, which many of them are, in fact, Um, spices like yung oregano, uh, pepper, uh, yung iba hindi masyadong ganon. Kaya lang marami sa ano, medicinal plants are also ano, um, food. Food ano. Um, and like yung turmeric, um, you know, all the Indian uh, with their food. Yeah, doing that. So 
pagkain din siya. So, but kung gusto mong ilagay sa reseta ba, I mean, if you want to go all the way to a drug, then you have to, the need for proof is higher. But um, yun advantage actually ng medicinal plants. Um, you can take it either as a food or you can take it, you know, really as a ther- therapy. Uh, you know, yung requirements lang for proof or evidence is higher if you're gonna treat it as a drug. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting that you mentioned that um, there's the Western type of medicine where they they find a problem that will make a specific chemical usually to address the problem versus in traditional medicine that this is one parang yung guyabano lahat ng sakit guyabano so i was thinking if you've ever experienced any sort of friction between your western training like you studied in the us in the uk right. is there friction between the western kind of science versus your work with more traditional herbal medicines or with asian science in general yeah yeah well uh, well i wouldn't call it so much friction um ang tingin ko dyan, ano eh, you have different models. Eh. So the West, they have their, well, we call it itong, ano, um, magic bullet model ba? Mm-hmm. This is from the um, original ano, um, researchers who, who for, developed the first drugs. They call it the magic bullet kasi isang one compound, it will specifically target you know, a certain um, right. disease. Um, and that's also quite common in uh you know ano strategies of cancer because it's a cancer you have a specific target and you use a specific anti-cancer drug for that target right. so in there's a parang two sides of the coin eh? if you're very specific if you know exactly what target you have then the western approach may be a better approach kasi alam mo yung target So you make a synthesized drug that will go specifically to that target and not to anything else. And many times it works, although not all the time. Right. Um, but the concept is is uh, defensible. I mean, it's a logical concept. Um, but that works for diseases where you know the target well and there's only one target. So you give a drug, direct you to some target. But in a lot of diseases it's not just one target it's actually the metabolic problems in fact the diseases which are metabolic diseases are not amenable to the western approach uh, for example uh, diabetes um, diabetes is a metabolic disease and you cannot treat diabetes using the western approach although that's what it's Oh, hindi, oh, hindi kaya kasi maraming complex, it's a systemic disease. Eh. So, hindi bagay talaga ang Western medicine doon. Um, even, I mean, let's say headaches. Head, headaches are symptomatic of many possible ano, causes. Ano lang yan, symptom lang yung headache. Eh. So, there may be many things that, that cause uh, headaches. And in many cases, they could be more than one cause. So it, it may be somewhat systematic, uh, systemic. I mean, so the challenge there is to look for the you know um, uh, drugs or medicinal plants that have the properties that will address those um, systemic uh, problems. So, ayon. Uh, so I'm what I'm saying is, hindi naman 
completely mali yung ginagawa sa Western medicine. Kasi there are cases where it's worked. Um, but I think for the many of the diseases we're facing now, which are more systemic, hindi na siya pwede. And that's a challenge. Can we develop the medicinal plants that will um, address these um, modern problems? And that will take, that's where the research will come in. Right. And uh, part of that research is that uh, the paper that you wrote, uh, a co-wrote actually with, with several uh, scientists, both here and abroad, I see. I see no? um, how, how do you identify plants for something like this? I mean, the, the article that you wrote, uh, Philippine Medicinal Plants with Potential Immunomodulatory and Anti-SARS-CoV-2 Activities, it's a review article. No? All right? yes. Parang it, it lists down, okay, here are the possible plants that we could take a look into. It's not the usual um, journal articles, I suppose, that most... Um, most people or the general public would think na parang, okay, we did an experiment, here's what happened. Uh, when you're doing review articles such as these, in particular in the context of NatProd, how, where do you get the, where do you get the idea of like including this particular plant and knowing yeah. that it uh, would be good for anti-COVID? Yeah, well, it's a good question. First of all, uh, about the COVID thing, um, we wrote this, started writing this mga around May of 2020 or earlier, uh, mm-hmm. April, April, May 2020. Um, there's actually no or more, very few labs that have actually developed drugs specifically for COVID. Because especially at that time, because I think that yeah, was just like yeah. two, two months in. Yeah, and, and you need, you know, by safety labs, etc. Um, so at that time, there were actually a lot of papers that came out, um, mainly based on modeling. So they look up the structure of, of uh, compounds from medicinal plants, and then they try to model whether it will fit into this receptor of the spike protein, just basically that. So a lot of it was uh, in silico studies, and then look at the, you know, the whether it would lock into or you know fit the the receptor that you need to target and uh, there were a lot of papers that came out for, from that yeah what we did first of all we started with um the list of plants from the encyclopedia of philippine medicinal plants now the there are three volumes that have come out this project was um which actually i, I also headed yeah was funded by the pitak the Philippine Institute for Traditional and Alternative Healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I came out with that is because previous to this, the quote unquote Bible of Philippine not prod chemists was right. the. the, the Latte. Um, <laughs> Isumbing. Edgardo Isumbing is a national scientist. Right. Uh, and the last volume that came out was uh, 1978, was the last edition. Um, but that work spanned like almost 15 years of work. Uh, and there were, uh, in that book, there are about 850, 15, uh, 850 uh, Philippine medicinal plants listed with some evidence of, 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 of um, benefit. Ngayon, 1978 pa yun. So um, around Nag- 20, kayo. yeah, 2010, 2012, um, we said, we have, we have to, you know, uh, 
come up with a new uh ano but um uh, much has to be more substantive than what Kisumbing did kasi of course uh, Kisumbing wala pang internet noon eh right. so you know everything was from the library and everything else um and Kisumbing was a botanist so a lot of the focus was on the botanical aspects so um we designed a, um the first volume and this is the design of all the succeeding volumes there was a section on the botany and we got the top botanists to um work right. with us uh, dr madulid um and then so he looked for the the plants and took photos you know, make sure that i uh, know they're identified and then we had a group of um pharmacologists and uh this is uh headed by si dr sia Right. Uh, so he was a an ethnopharmacologist. So he specialized. He's a pharmacologist, so he knows the medical use, mm-hmm. but he also has um, you know a lot of knowledge about how uh, traditional medicine is used by communities and so forth. So right. meron pharmacology section, and then we had the phytochemistry section. So for the plant, ano na yeah. mga active compounds? Alam jan. Uh, well, sometimes active, but sa listed then. Um, right. In many cases, of course you. Um, Well, in many cases, man, they list the you know, the um, in the in the literature they would list the active uh, compounds. But even kahit na hindi active, kasi possible naman na hindi nilalam noon na hindi active. Mm-hmm. Baka mamaya may malam natin active pala. Yeah. So we try to be you know comprehensive, and there are structures there. So for each um, plant, we had these three sections, and they were all all the information was. Uh, supported were taken from scientific publications mm-hmm. so solid yung evidence para sa bawat halaman and um each volume uh covered 30 plants so since i think the first volume was 2012 or 2013 mm-hmm. and then um we were at, by that time we were finishing up the third volume so we had 90 plants already um data on 90 plants uh, so we added 10 more kasi sabi na make it a round number make it 100 100 so we look for uh, we look through uh, the three volumes and then added 10 more and then did the same thing basta kompleto yung kanyang ano botanical information um, pharmacologic information saka yung phytochemical information and we had that on one plants and then uh, with the screening process um, we looked at all the compounds uh, that are mentioned there and and look and then the, have other people studied their potential against uh, covid against mm-hmm. SARS-CoV-2 Ayan. and then we looked at the traditional information also um regarding their i know their um their use uh, either medical kung merong bioassay um let's say some of them have been reported to have antiviral properties so like ang lagundi may mention niya na may antiviral property siya. Ngayon, syempre, hindi ka makakahanap ng anti-COVID kasi wala pang COVID. Bago pa lang eh. Uh-huh. Unang panahon. Bago pa lang. But ayun, antiviral is good enough. So, with a series of um, screens to select the um, the candidate um, plants. Um, so, from 100 plants, we ended up with uh, 10 plants which have potential as um, SARS for for COVID-19. Um, so those are the 10 plants that we um, listed. And then we had the, all of the information to back up the the identification of this plant. Parang 
andun ang lagundi. Bakit namin sinabing pwede ang lagundi? Kasi it had yes. two compounds have been reported to have um, antiviral properties. Of course, andun din ang VCO and um, andun din ang tawa-tawa. Um, andun ang malunggay. And, but these were selected because they had evidence that they right. had the Hindi uh, lang dahil sa alam nating like they're, they're relatively famous actually yung tawa-tawa, BCO. Yes. Tagalan nating naririnig yan na pang antiviral stuff, no? But now, you actually have the the data to back it up. Yeah. Um, okay, yun nga maganda. But also, the other maybe um, criterion that's maybe sort of in the background, not really um, mentioned, is the availability ng plant. Because you don't want to recommend a plant that's unknown. Hindi mo naman mahanap. Walang, yeah. Yeah, tsaka, if, if if there's a plant that's going to be identified, uh, chances are it will have to be you know, farmed. It will be grown. But hindi ka pwedeng pumili ng plant na nahanap dun sa liblib nung gubat. <laughs> Tapos, hindi naman kilala. So, uh, part of that's also ano, acceptability. Um, you don't want to recommend a plant. First, that has to be grown pa na hindi naman familiar mga tao. And then, for toxicity, the other big um, parameter is you 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 don't want to recommend a plant that's unknown that may have toxic effects because even testing the toxicity of a plant will take two three years. So ito parang since they're common medicinal plants, they're well known. At least the likelihood of toxicity is much much lower because yeah. they've been used already. And lalabas naman yun dun sa ano dun sa pharmacologic information kung ano yung kanyang tinatawag natin LD50. So there were several screens that we used. And so that's how we came up with uh, these 10 plants. Now, the other big advantage, which we also mentioned in the uh, article, is that of these 10 plants, about six of them are food. Yeah. Umbaga, bawang, uh, niog, yeah. uh, malunggay, paminta, Lagundi, Luya, yeah. These are things that we actually put in our food anyway. So. Yeah, so that's true. But actually, if you look at the other, from other countries, um, there are actually a lot of plants, common plants that you can use against ano eh, COVID. Ang ano lang is, you cannot claim, kasi walang, ano, walang clinical study, itong randomized, uh, double-blind, placebo-controlled, ano, uh, which is of course, difficult and expensive to do. Although DOSTS gone ahead sponsor about three studies, so maganda yung ginawa ng DOST na you know they um, put in money to do the um, clinical studies at least to support um, the efficacy of of some of these. Sana eventually ma ano lahat. Um, if you look at the compounds naman that the drug companies are coming out with. Um, yeah, sometimes they really know different. And if you look at their activity, they're not much different from the targets that we used that were used dun sa mga modeling studies. Eh. So, ang kulang na lang dyan is really ano, standardization. So, we want to make sure na, I mean, if it's going to be used for someone who's sick, kailangan may standardized yung, ano, yung, yung gamot. Pero kung wala namang sakit, kainin mo na lang. Yeah, pangalan lang. Sa diet. Yeah. Sa diet. So, walang, walang issue dun. 
that um, our listeners who might not be familiar with natural medicines, they might be wondering how, why would things like luya and ordinary things like paminta, why would they have antiviral properties? Like, how is that useful to the plant? Kung hindi naman nagkaka-COVID yung plant, diba? Yeah. Why would um, it have compounds? Well, in fact, many of these compounds are expressed by plants for self-defense. Um, of course, the plants don't make the compounds for our benefit, no? Wala mo sila pangalam sa atin. Nagkataon lang na magagamit natin sila. Oh, nagagamit natin. Uh, in fact, ang, ano, ang bawang, some of those sulfur compounds actually are antibacterial. And yung kanyang mechanism has been, um, have been you know, um, shown. So, ang, the metabolites produced by plants, uh, many of them are produced for ano, for plant defense. Um, yung sinasab- a lot of this group of natural products that often come up, uh, yung mga flavonoids, um, they're antioxidants. And the plants use them actually to protect themselves, protect itself against ano, oxidation. And they also use them ano, um, as, as plant defense compounds. Uh, ngayon, swerte na lang na but yung basis ng kanilang ano, um, presence in the plant is really for plant defense. Right. Ang co-op natin yung defense nila. <laughs> yeah, in, in a way, hinihiram natin, natin, yung, <laughs> natin yung kanilang ginagawa. Right. And in-apply natin dito sa, yeah. sa COVID. No? Uh, now that we... Okay, so... Probably someone from the general public might read your article and think na okay, uh, para hindi pala magka-COVID lalaklak na lang ako ng sandamakmak na VCO or kakayan ako sa maraming paminta. Uh, is it that simple? Or can we, uh, maybe you can explain to our listeners no, na parang this is merely just step one in a series of like a hundred steps before we could actually have like uh, you know, a drug or something that we could use to really combat COVID. Yeah, well, hindi naman 100 steps. Maybe 10 steps. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, of course, you're talking about dosage. And um, that's why maybe um, it would be to divide the, you know, the, ano, into two. One is, you can take it as a food. And as a food, the man, you don't overeat it. Eh? You don't overtake it. You don't take too much. So even VCO, which I, you know, which I take, I've been taking it for yeah. 20 years. Um, I don't finish one bottle of VCO. <laughs> so I still take the the usual amount. So you don't overdo it. Um, it actually, any food product, man, you don't overdo it. Um, besides, ang maganda dyan, it's self-limiting. If you don't if you overdo it, you get a upset stomach. So kung sumobra yung VCO, ano, pupunta ka sa banyo. So parang yun na yeah. din ang limit. Um, kahit na ang bawang. I mean, there's only so much garlic you can take, ano. Um, so anyway, it's it's make up a self-limiting siya. But that's taking it as food. Ngayon, kung may sakit na yung tao, and of course, ang requirement dyan is uh, dosage, uh, formulation, and standardization. That's when the um, randomized controlled clinical trials come in. Na ito, may sakit na yung tao, pwedeng mamatay. Dapat mas seryoso yung ating pag-aaral na kailangan gawin dito sa, ano, kung bibigyan man ng VCO, gano'ng karami, how often do you do it, etc. Then it becomes much more serious. Kung parang 
magbabasketball ka eh. Kung doon ka lang sa 3-on-3, sa backyard, pwede na kahit na paano maglaro kayo. Pero kung maglaro ka na sa UAP, medyo seryoso na yung mo. Parang, yeah. parang ganun eh. Ibang so, level na lang eh. Ibang level. So, uh, but you're playing the same game. Yung nga, yung isa, you played for enjoyment and ano, yung isa, you, you mistakes to, na. Yeah. yeah, you play to win and then, you know, everything is serious or more serious. So, ganyan din sa ano, in a way, it may not be the best analogy. Pero, uh, parang ganun na rin ang, ano, ang tingin dyan. Ayun. And ang maganda dyan, hindi siya toxic. Although, pwedeng sumakit ang chan mo kung sumobra ka. <laughs> Right. So I, at least that now for our listeners no yung, you don't don't just down the uh, the VCO just yet. No? Uh but the this paper and uh, a lot of other papers can actually be found in the the Philippine Journal of Science. Uh can you maybe you can tell us what that is and maybe a little bit about its history? Yes, well the Philippine Journal of Science was actually maybe the first contribution of the Americans when they Uh, came to the Philippines. So one of the good things that the Americans did was that they established schools and along they established the first um, institution in the Philippines. Um, this would be in 1901, 1902. And along with that, um, they, they actually brought good scientists to the Philippines. So some of the scientists that you're familiar with, in fact, they, you, know, you find them in chemistry textbooks, um, worked in the Philippines for a few years, um, both in chemistry and also in botany. So the Americans um, started it partly out of their own self-interest because they wanted to know what's in the Philippines. So they brought scientists in. So a lot of them were on you know, botany. Uh, in fact, one of the <clears throat> big subjects for the first 10-15 years sa Philippine Journal of Science. It's on, actually on coconut. Right. Kasi coconuts were being exported to the States and they were using a lot of um, coconut oil, um, copra at that time. So they wanted to know more about it. And so the origin of the um, Philippine Journal of Science was really the American period. Um, I think 1907, I think when it was established. So it already um, uh, has its uh, 100 years, uh, 2007 yeah. or so. Uh, and there was a um, a centennial edition that was um, published. Um, so the, the history of science in the Philippines, um, a lot of it has to do with the history of the Philippine Journal of Science. How has the Philippine Journal of Science impacted our histories? What was the importance of the journal? Well, uh, In fact, many of the um, important research that was done were published in the Philippine Journal of Science. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the original work, about on, well, I mentioned already on, on coconut was uh, done there. Um, a lot of the work on the, ano, the um, biolog- biological resources in the Philippines um, were published in the Philippine Journal of Science. Um, so... Um, meron siyang parang seminal, ano, seminal contributions to, to Philippine science. Um, so for that reason, it has both um, importance as a parang historical development ng science as well as the actual ano, uh, communication of um, science to the 
well, mainly to the, ano, to the scientific community. Um, ngayon, medyo um, nag-iba na rin yung, ano, I mean, science now is a lot of it's on the internet and things. So, um, I guess the Philippine Journal of Science has to parang evolve with the, you know, with the um, way in which science is being practiced. Yeah. Uh, in particular, no, we recognize that academic journals, they really track down the the progress of science, particularly here in the Philippines. No? But how do they further advance it? Basically, parang like, why do we need to document everything? Why do we need to put them in the journal? Well, what is the um, relevance of this? Well, I guess part of it is symbolic. Uh, part of it is um, this actual communication. So, for example, for myself, um, I publish papers, but there are certain papers that are more appropriate to be published in the Philippine Journal of Science mm-hmm. rather than in, in other journals. So, for example, uh, these papers uh, no, on the, um, yeah, the, the, the Philippine medicinal plants, yeah, we said to ourselves that Yeah, this is a paper really for for the Philippines. So, and Philippine Journal of Science is it's um open open access, so anyone can download right. the paper. Um, so significance. Um, I mean, that's a special significance of that paper. It's really with Philippine audience, and many of the people who publish in the Philippine Journal of Science. Can also publish uh, abroad. I mean, there are actually you know many journals that they can publish in, but I think for certain papers, the um, the appropriate venue is really the Philippine Journal of Science. So, like for example, myself when I published on VCO, yung kanyang quality standards. Sabi ko, ang Pilipinas ito, so published in the Philippine Journal of Science. So we're um, we're moving into like the final thoughts for the episode. We're wrapping it up now. So as a um, as an academician and a professor, so as a person who communicates science to both your students and to the society at large, what do you think are your strengths and your weaknesses as an educator? Well, I guess um, to communicate with the young people, you have to use the young people's uh, <laughs> apps. Their language. Um, yeah, their language. So baka yun aking weakness. Uh, Yeah, I realize that uh, more effort really has to be put into into doing that. Um, so that's something that has to be learned. Yeah, I guess the strength is yung ano. Um, I guess range of experience. It's good to have someone who's experienced, you know, research being done abroad, and then research that's done here. So you can distinguish the differences, and you can learn from from the things that they do well, and You know, and the things, and whether those are appropriate here, and um, you know, what things are more appropriate here than that shouldn't adapt from from or just um, pick up from abroad. So, it's also part of the range of experience. Um, I think in the case of COVID, in fact, that was one of the um, inspirations or you know thoughts behind that is, um, you know. The Chinese uh, have been promoting, you know, traditional Chinese medicine against um, COVID. Um, you know, the Malaysians they came up with articles as well, and so I'm, I'm sure we have plants also that are effective against COVID or have the potential to be um, used against COVID. So that's the um, rationale for that. 
Um, but I think even in other areas, uh, there's a big need for us to take what is being done abroad, the advances, and see how you apply it here. For example, we talk about plastic waste. It's a big problem. Um, you have to be careful about, um, yeah, of course, how to manage plastic waste, what, what to do, what um, laws to pass. Um, so this takes a lot of study to recommend the, you know, the appropriate um, action that can be done for plastic waste. Um, so there are many things in climate change. Um, we need, there are general rules and you know, there are strong institutions in the Philippines that can advise on, on climate change, but we have to find the solutions that are appropriate to us. Right. So you know, that's really the, the role that you know, we can play. Right. Uh, it might be weird asking you this considering your uh, your credentials, no? but when all is said and done, what will be your biggest goal as an educator? Our biggest goal? Um, I mean, you're already an academician for NAST, so is there anything else that you'd like to achieve, I suppose? Well, I think just continue to do what's needed at the time when it's needed. <laughs> You know, we, we don't know what's going to be uh, needed, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, but we have to be ready. Um, in a sense, it's like being perpetual training. Uh, it's not like you have a boxing match, you know, next month, and so you have to train for that. But you'll always have boxing matches um, in the following year. So you have to keep, yeah, you have to keep training. And after this, there's a lot that needs to be learned yet. Yeah, today, you know, uh, people talk about AI, you know, all these things. Um, and those are things that we didn't have when I was growing up, you know, big data. So many things uh, to learn. So on contribution, I guess it's just to try to keep up with what's going on and see whether you can um, use them for whatever we need in the future. future mentioned that part of your work is getting younger people to get into chemistry. So in your time, apat lang daw kayo. Jay, how many were you when you went into chemistry? Uh, parang ano kami, uh, 80-ish kami pumasok sa UPD and then parang grumadri kami kasi kwento na lang kami. So, <laughs> yun lang yung mga nag-words yeah. ganun after. Yeah, but unfortunately, I think, dumami na rin. Actually, ngayon, oh. at, 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 yeah, mga 60 na pumapasok eh. So, I guess I see that as a sign of uh, progress. progress. Although, <laughs> like, ano pure chemistry. Kailangan, ano, you really have to make it more uh, career-oriented for people so that they can see actual options how they, what they can do with uh, chemistry in their in their future. For also students, what kind of advice or help can you give them if they're thinking about getting into chemistry or getting into teaching chemistry? Well, um, no, they always say that chemistry is the central science. Um, it's true. Um, you take up chemistry, you need to know a little physics, you need to know a little biology, a little math. Um, well, actually, in a little. But when you start working, you realize that um, there are many things that, um, that you, in your training as a chemist you can do because of the kind of training that you have. 
And um, many of the problems we have are chemistry related. You know, uh, whether of course pollution is chemistry related, climate change is chemistry related. Um, so, um, you know, if you can develop natural resources, uh, food is chemistry related. Um, so many things are chemistry related, but you can't stop at chemistry because uh, as I said, um, you know, there are many other fields that you have to attach to the chemistry, like, as I mentioned, big data is something that's there. Um, molecular biology is actually uh, useful to know for chemistry. Um, you know, if you're medically oriented. In fact, many of the best doctors would probably be, should, should take chemistry degrees to become a really good doctor. Um, so, yeah, um, I think um, what I would say is that chemistry is not an easy subject, but I think it's the subject that will uh, give you the most options when you graduate. Yeah, and that's why I took chemistry when I was in college. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Dr. V. Thank you for you know spending your time with us this afternoon. Yeah. No, uh, do you have anything to plug or promote? Uh, well, no, man. Uh, well, I know what presentation I see. Integrated Chemistry of the Philippines. Uh, and we, you know, we're happy to, I mean, that ICP is uh, uh, grown, uh, but we, we need more chemists also in, in the provinces. There's um, mm-hmm. a lot of chemistry that needs to be done outside of uh, Metro Manila. So, but to do that, we need also good, you know, chemistry schools in the provinces. So, yung mga bata, kayo mga nagtuturo, Ano, magturo rin kayo sa, <laughs> sa uh, provincia. Ma- right. Dumami yung, dumami yung mga, kemi- I mean, gumaling yung mga, ano, mga regional, ano, right. uh, universities that have chemists, uh, or regional high schools, um, science high schools. Um, yeah, I, I think, ano, it, it's one of the areas that, um, that people can build on. So, as a career, you don't, maybe don't even have to be a chemist when you, for your career, but I think your background in chemistry will help a lot. I mean, you can even go to business, pero maraming negosyo ngayon, kailangan magandang chemistry. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much, Dr. Toby. And uh, if you want to know more about, I guess, the Philippine Journal of Science, they're actually celebrating their 115th anniversary this year in NSTW 2021. Uh, I believe there will be a roundtable on the 27th of November. That's a Saturday, 2 to 5 p.m., uh, entitled PJS at 115, Keeping Socially Relevant Research in Style. So uh, I'm not sure, if Dr. Obey, if you're going to be there or you're probably going to listen <laughs> to that uh, webinar. But, yeah, uh, no. yeah that, we, we will be inviting every one of our listeners to, uh, to join us there. And of course, all the other events in the National Science and Technology Week 2021 by DOST. All right. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode. <laughs> and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Pizarra Tales if you have any messages or comments or questions or suggestions for us. And if you don't want to do that, you can always email us, thepizarretales at gmail.com. Thank you very much, everyone. The original theme music that you heard and will hear was composed by E.J. Adrilin. Once again, this is Sir Jay. And this is Miss Pops. Wishing you a wonderful day.